what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Welcome back for episode 23 of Off the Groove. Phoenix singles racing was excellent. Multiple lead changes with Kevin Stallings coming out on top. In the twins, Jared Meese continues to dominate. Baker picks up his first podium of 2018, and the most exciting race in the main event was for the last spot on the podium. Henry Wiles edging out Briar Bauman with the last corner pass. My most impressive ride of the day was Ryan Barnes starting on the third row and finishing fifth in his semifinal. A few riders pulled off the track because of visibility. I personally think that if we go back there next year, there should be at least three street sweepers in each corner and at least one more water truck. Either that or install lights so we can race there at night. Speaking of racing under the lights, that's what we'll be doing this weekend. Tonight is the Lodi Cycle Bowl, a fast short track that many fast guys from the West Coast have cut their teeth on. Tomorrow night is the Sacramento Mile, one of the fastest tracks we go to this year and one the series has been racing on since the 1960s. In the singles class, watch for Shayna. She has a few wins here with her most recent win coming in 2017. Don't count out last week's winner, Kevin Stallings. He led the most laps here in last year's event and has momentum on his side from Arizona. Dan Bromley, Brandon Price, Tristan Avery, Jesse Janish, and Corey Texter all had strong runs last week and should be contenders for the win in Sacramento. In the Twins class, Brian Smith returns to racing for the Sacramento Mile. Can he make it eight in a row just three weeks after breaking his leg in Texas? Smith is the only active rider to win at Sacramento and still my favorite despite his injury. Of course, you can't count out Meese or Baker as they also led laps here last year. This event will complete the left coast swing before we head back to the Midwest. This week we decided to do something a little different. Motorcycle racers and flat track fans know that Memorial Day and Labor Day every year we race on the fastest dirt oval in the world, the Springfield Mile. So I thought I'd reach out to the promoters of that event. Here's Dave and Tom Rakiso. Hello, Springfield Mile. Hello, who's this? This is Tom Rakiso. And Dave Tom, Kiso. Well, I got both of you on the phone. Is it my lucky day or what? <laughs> Well, it's, it's good to have some, some of your time. I know we're getting set for your race coming up in a, a little over a week, but I want to uh, get the listeners to know a little bit about the promoter of the Springfield Mile. So uh, I'm super excited to talk to both of you. What have you guys been up to? Well, we're, uh, we've are we been pretty busy getting ready for this race. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, you know, morning till night every day. <laughs> I saw you guys at Daytona. I think I saw you at one other race after that. Have you gone to any of the other nationals this year? We were at um, Dallas. Okay. Uh, just Daytona and Dallas so far. The racing's been pretty good so far this year, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Daytona was uh, really exciting with that uh, new jump and the bigger straightaway, and it was uh, definitely a great way to kick the season off. Sounds good. Well, let's get to know Dave and Tom Rakiso. Uh, up first, uh, Tamra, where were you born? I was born here in Springfield, Illinois. What's it like growing up there? Well, you know, and actually when I was growing up, we didn't have the Springfield Mile. You know, it stopped in 66, and then we didn't have it again until 81. So I was already, uh, of course, grown up by that point, but I've been going to it ever since it came back. I love that. That's awesome. It's, uh, you know, one of my favorite races that's on the schedule for sure. Dave, where were you born at? Uh, I was born in Peoria, Illinois, but uh, I grew up mostly in Joliet. Uh, my dad got a 
motorcycle dealership in Juliet. So we moved there when I was four, and we lived upstairs from that for quite a while. Awesome. How did you end up in Springfield? Uh, I ended up in Springfield when I sold my dealership uh, about 10 years ago. I had a, my own Harley shop and uh, uh, just kind of retired, moved down to Springfield and helping with the raises, and next thing you know, uh, it's in my lap. <laughs> awesome. Tamra, how did you get involved in motorcycles? Well, actually, um, pretty much my whole life, back when I was going to kindergarten, my mom rode me to my class on the back of her Sprint. So I've been on a motorcycle my whole life, but um, I grew up going to car races and um, been at racetracks my whole life. That's awesome. Dave, you just said you're kind of in the family. So is that how you got involved in, in through the dealerships is how you got involved in motorcycles? Yeah, it was uh, all through my dad. We lived in Peoria, and my dad was a member of the PMC club, and he was a flat tracker for years in the late 40s and early 50s. And his number was 33P. And wow. I later got that number later in years too. So, but uh, yeah, he moved to we moved to Joliet and started a business and just always been in motorcycles. Uh, for my dad wow. racing and I wanted to race and started racing enduros in 1969 and still doing it. Wow. So when did you start racing flat track, Dave? Uh, I started racing flat track in the early 70s and kind of retired in the later 70s. I realized I wasn't quite fast enough for some of these guys, but definitely enjoyed it. It was uh, some of the best times of my life. You said you had number 33P. Did So did you make it to the professional level? Yeah, I was. Uh, I never made it to expert level, but uh, yeah, I went through the novice ranks and the junior ranks and I raced a Harley XR 750. That's 1972, one of the first ones. Wow. You know, you know even uh, you raced at a period TT once. <laughs> I remember you winning the 50-plus class at the Springfield TT in 2006. <laughs> That's amazing. Do, do you still have any of your race bikes? Uh, well, that one I sold uh, when I went to get into the motorcycle business. I sold that. But I uh, still have two of my XR 750s that, uh, that uh, we used a few years ago for Jeffrey Carver. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, yeah quite a few of my old race bikes. I got some of my old Harley Sprints that I used to flat track at Santa Fe and my uh, 360 Yamaha and you know, a couple XRs and you know have a trouble have trouble getting rid of bikes. I just collect them. I think. I think I think that's a common theme with a, a lot of the uh, the people that stop racing. That they just hang onto their motorcycles. I know I still have you know my Rotax. I never got never want to get rid of it. I know my grandfather still has his Bull Taco that he raced forever. I mean, it seems like a common theme. You don't ever want to get rid of it. I mean, it's it's not going to lose value. And you can still go out there and look at it. Uh, do you ever start any of your race bikes, or they just sit there and, and look pretty? Um, yeah, mo most of them run. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been working on a little short track down in my backyard, and uh, I want to take some old sprints out there and, uh, and take them around the track. They're old hardtails with no brakes, so I gotta gotta make sure the track's room. But uh, yeah, we still still like firing them all up. Oh, that's we'll be bringing awesome. the one uh, one XR to the some uh, fifty to the races. They'll be parked in front of the grandstand, right there for people to see what. Uh, what a GNC uh, AFT twin looks like. Plus, they can sit on it and do a photo op. Oh, that's so cool! So that'll be out in front of the grandstands. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right in the middle of the grandstands where you walk in, it'll be underneath the awning, and there'll be a backdrop from one of the podiums a couple of years ago. So when you sit on it, it looks like you got the the podium backdrop behind you. Pretend you won. That is really cool. So, Tamra, did you ever race motorcycles? No, no, I didn't. I just like to go watch. All right. So here's a question. I don't. I don't care which whichever one of you wants to answer this one. But how did you guys meet? Oh, 
We met <laughs> we met at the IMDA actually. <laughs> he was um a dealer and was coming as a volunteer and I was um I worked at an accounting firm. I'm a CPA. And so I started doing some accounting work for them and it just in, got so involved into the racing that by 99 I started working full time for the IMDA. So if we if it weren't for the IMDA we might not have met. Awesome. So for those of people that don't know, uh, the IMDA is Illinois Motorcycle Dealers Association. Can you explain, you, you said a little bit that they were volunteers. So it's volunteers from the Dealers Association that helped put the race on. Is that right, before you guys took over? Yeah, they um, they brought the race back in 1981, and they were all volunteers. They had a couple staff, you know, that they um, hired. And they would just dedicate all, you know, a lot of time to doing it, and that is one one of the reasons that we took over. Is at that point in time they were ready to concentrate more on their dealerships and not be so involved, because it it really does take a lot of time and effort. So we, um, because we'd been with them so long and we've worked with them so long, they trusted us to take it over and still keep them included. So, Tomer, you said that Dave was obviously a dealer, but you said you were an accountant. So is that how you got involved with the IMDAs to do their, their bookkeeping? Well, I actually did an audit on on their books. And okay. um, then after that, I started that, – that was when Dave – and this will jump ahead here, but that's the same year that Dave Despain came in with the Hall of Fame race. So they needed a lot of extra consulting work, so I got heavily involved with them those first couple of years and – just liked it so much. I left accounting and went working for them full time. Wow, that's amazing. What roles have you guys both filled within the IMDA? I was the executive uh, director of the IMDA, so I ran the organization from the office. And he's been on the race committee. He started out on the track prep crew back in the early 90s, and he was the president for two terms, which two or three years, I don't remember. So we've both been uh, very involved in not only the IMDA, but the Springfield Mile for years. That's awesome. So uh, before we jump into more about the, the, the history and stuff of the Springfield Mile, you guys also, you mentioned a few moments ago that you sponsored Jeffrey Carver. Uh, I know you're with him when he won his first Grand National, but have you sponsored other riders in the past or just Jeffrey Carver? Yeah, well, several riders. Uh, i we built a bike for Johnny Murphy to uh, run in non-nationals about 10 years ago. and we've, uh, Longer than 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> memory short. Yeah, and all the Sherbs and the Sherb family, they uh, they rode a couple of my bikes, and we helped them out for years. And then uh, in 2012, we jumped in whole hog, as you would say, and not just sponsored, but we became the team owner, and we you know, owned the bikes, we built the bikes, and tuned them and brought them and hauled them and washed them and <laughs> So it was uh, yeah, definitely a big commitment, but that was uh, actually a very fun two years. Yeah. Do you do you still stay in touch? You said the Sherbs. I know they're friends of mine. They're from right down the road in Texas, not too far away, which is a huge family. Do you stay in touch with people, you know, riders you've helped out in the past? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, we still talk to Sherbs every now and then, and uh, we're always hanging out in Jeffrey's Pit at the, at the Nationals, and we help them whatever way we can, and mostly encouragement. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we. Still very, uh, very close to Jeffrey. We had a good relationship with him. He was a great writer and, uh, you know, great to get along with. So we never had any issues. Just uh, 
kind of ran out of money. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So what what was it like getting his first win out there in Castle Rock at, at the TT? I mean, that, that had been the best uh, feeling ever. Yeah, that really was. I got to ride on the back of his bike for the, the victory lap, and uh, that was awesome. That was uh, so cool to be there for his first national win. Yeah. Definitely that, was. That, you'll never forget that moment, Dave. I mean, a victory lap at a Grand National has to be one of your favorite memories. Yep, that was the first one, and maybe the only one. <laughs> well, you never know. You yeah. never know. I mean, you can never do it again. Yeah. yeah, but so, it really was fun working with Jeffrey, though, and he was, you know, a good rider, and he really took care of the equipment too. I, I think in the two years he raced, and we went down the bike once or twice, two seasons, and he made uh, all in the two years he made all but one main event and finished everyone he entered. So that was uh, we were pretty happy with that. Well, that's that's got to be a feather in your cap too. Not only as the team owner, but that shows that your your bikes were mechanically sound. And you know, if you only missed one out of two years, that's a pretty good record for you guys. Yeah, we were we we're very proud of that. Say, we did have another helper, uh, Alan Johnson, helped me uh, just every day on the bikes, uh, working on them, and Monday through uh, Monday through Sunday every day. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he he was awesome. That's cool. Before we get into the rich history, I have to ask a few questions about Springfield. Uh, why do you think Springfield Mile is the greatest? Um, well, mostly because of the, the close racing and the you know the, the history, the facility, the drafting, the, the speeds. It's uh, it's kind of just all of the above. That's one Absolutely. reason I think it's the greatest. <laughs> why why do you guys think the Springfield Mile is the fastest? Part of it is the shape of the track. It's so um, perfectly proportioned. It's got quarter mile straights, quarter mile turns. It's also, of course, um, the dirt that's there, but it's also the track prep. Those, there's horses that run on this track every day they practice, and so that track is cut up and watered every single day all year long. Even in the winter, they're out on that track, unless there's too much snow on top of it. But that's one of the um, keys to that track being so fast and so good is that it's worked and conditioned with the right equipment every single day. I, I totally agree with that. That water truck that you guys have, when it pulls out and it opens up its arms, it can water the whole track in, you know, in one swing, basically. I mean, I know sometimes it makes two or three passes, depending on how dry it is, but that water truck is just awesome. I think that's a huge part of it as well. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. That uh, that water truck is, is key. Uh, they can put down just a precise amount of water on the track you know, by changing the nozzles and the speed of, the, of it. And, they can get in, get on the track, get water, and get off, and get back to racing faster than uh, any other kind of water truck. Without Absolutely. dumping a whole load of water on there that you got to go out and wheel pack and dry afterwards. Right. It's just got. It's got the like you said. It's got different options to spray the water, and and I've never seen the track overwatered, and uh, I've never seen it dry slick either. So I, I'd have to agree with everything you guys said there, and I've never even heard one rider complain about that racetrack, not one time. Well, and one other thing about that water truck is that's not standard equipment. That's actually an ag sprayer they use here in the farm fields, and we rent it to come out just for that day. Oh, okay. We've been uh, using the same driver for that water truck since 1981, and that's how a uh, guy knows his stuff, and we trust him, and yeah, he, does, he does a great job. I just assumed the water truck came with the track, and that's why it knew exactly what to do. And, of course, a lot of it has to do with the driver, but uh, you said they they water and, and ride the horses on the track every day, so I just assumed it stayed there at the fairgrounds. Yeah. Right. The regular water truck does, but that egg sprayer, we rent that special and um, bring it right out from the farm fields to come out and water our track. 
Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we used uh, the regular uh, uh, dump water trucks. You know, you'd have to have a 30-minute uh, delay for the water to dry up. So okay. you know, that, uh, that mister is key for us. I got gotcha. you. So let's go over some of the history of the Springfield Mile. The first Grand National was there back in 1937. From 1946 to 1953, the championship used to be determined by whoever won that race. The race has been ran annually from 1946 to 1966 during the Illinois State Fair, but is eventually banned from the city of Springfield because of some trouble caused by unruly fans. In 1981, the IMDA convinced the city to let the race return, and it went so well that it returned as a national in 1982. Through the time and effort volunteered by the IMDA members, not only brought the, back the racing to this historic track, but eventually developed into a semi-annual holiday weekend tradition we know today. A TT and short track were added to the mile to enhance the racing weekend as well. The IMDA partnered with Kiso Racing in 2015 to take over the promotion of the event. Dave and Tomra, you two, have been working for the IMDA for 20-plus years. So that that right there is that's very historic, and, and I think that's why you guys are so successful. Well, thanks. Yeah, we've uh, definitely got some experience and, and love doing it. That's most of us, you know, the passion for wanting to be there and wanting the best track we can get uh, for the riders and the fans. Absolutely. So what do you guys do in between the two Springfield events? Is that a little bit of a downtime, or do you guys get any downtime at all? Um, not much downtime. Uh, in fact, there's only, what, three three months in between. So uh, it does – the fall race is a little easier than a spring race, because in the spring race, you've got to set up all the, you know, the ambulance, the straw bales, the insurance, the water trucks, the, all the all the equipment has to be lined up and put in place, and it's kind of already in place for the, the September race. So that September is a little easier, uh, but we do uh, do get stay busy. We sell tickets all all summer. And then immediately after the fall race in September, by October, we're ordering the new tickets from the printer and contracting wow. the hotel blocks and all that, getting set up to go again. So we don't really have a whole month where we're off. <laughs> wow. So it's it's pretty much a year-long project to put on two great motorcycle races. Yeah, it definitely takes a lot of time. Plus our other projects, and I work a full-time job on top of this. Wow. That's incredible. Um, let's get in right into the spring race here, 2018. It's coming up next weekend. Of course, the Springfield Mile, what's cool for you guys, I think, is every year you know it's going to be Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. That is very consistent, and I think that helps with your fans, gives them an extra day to get home or gives them an extra day to hang out in Springfield or whatever they like to do. Um, do you think that's part of the, you know, another reason for part of the success of the Springfield Mile? I think definitely the holiday weekend helps us because – we are one track that doesn't have any lights on the track, so we have to run during the day. So on a Sunday race, the holiday gives us Monday for people to drive home or ride home. And without that, it, I'm sure it would not um, do as well, having to, everybody having to get home Sunday night and be at work on Monday. Absolutely. So next week, Dave Despain is going to be the Grand Marshal, and that's as an announcer, that's somebody I've looked up to in the past, and I know he has the smoothest voice. He's got so much flat track knowledge. Did you have to twist his arm to be the Grand Marshal, or how did you come into contact and make all this happen? Well, we actually worked with Dave back when he did the Hall of Fame race here in Springfield, so we've had um, connections with him, and he just retired um, very recently, so he's got a little more time on his hands. We've tried to get him before, and he was too busy with the TV schedule and whatnot. So 
he loves Springfield. He loved wanted to come back here, and he was very uh, very eager and glad to help us out. So we really appreciate him doing that. And I know everybody is just very anxious to hear his voice on that microphone again. Yeah, I, I personally can't wait for it. I wish he would come up in, into the, you know, where I announced from up in the grandstands and, and call a race. I think that'd be awesome. I know some things have changed, you know, it, since he's been gone, but I think just to hear his voice on that microphone calling a race would be fantastic. Uh, I look forward to meeting him uh, in person. I know we've talked before in the past, but uh, meeting him in person and, and being on the stage with him at Springfield's going to be pretty, uh, pretty historic for me, myself, and my career. You know, he might come up and um, talk to you up there where you're going to be out, but part of the problem he has at this point in his life to call a race is trying to read the numbers from that far away. So yeah, yeah. Um, he probably won't be calling a race for you, but he'll get up there and mix it up with you on the microphone. That would be great. I, I think that's awesome. My uh, One of my favorite memories, I know when I first started going, remember going to Springfield, there used to be a scaffolding in the center of the racetrack and the announcer, and I think, maybe an official were up on the scaffolding in the center of the stage. And, and somehow he ended up falling off of the, the scaffolding. I think he broke his ankle or his leg or something. And, and he, he didn't miss a beat. He kept announcing, no. kept announcing. And then I remember him laying on the ground and I believe he interviewed David Ralph. I'm not mistaken. It could have been Ricky Graham, but uh, I was just like, man, that is a true professional right there. That's right. <laughs> It'd be nice to have a picture of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I wish we did. I, I couldn't find one. I've been trying to. I've been searching for one because I wanted to use it today and and uh, show you guys, but I haven't found one yet. But you know, that's uh, uh, a lot of people's memory of Dave has fallen off and continued to do his job. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, let's talk more about the 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 the, the spring race because that's what's coming up next week. There's a production twins class. Can you explain that class a little bit to uh, the people that aren't familiar with what we got going on next week? Sure, that's a that's a brand new class, and it's meant to be a, a stepping stone for the singles riders to uh, get some experience on the twins. And uh, Springfield is one of the best tracks to uh, run a twin on, and uh, so they they chose Springfield to, to start that out. And uh, what it is is all the it's a flat trackers based on production motorcycles. So uh, you know the Indian uh, street bike, the Kawasaki 650 Ninja, the Yamaha. And uh, the Harley SG will all be competitive in that in that class, um, but they limited to production, so that eliminated uh, the Indian full race engine and the Harley full race engine, which uh, which is only fair. Kind of keep the cost down for the guys learning, and I think it's a, a great class and a great way to get get the riders some, some experience. It it will be in addition to the AFT Twins class, right? So there'll be a, a production class and the AFT Twins class on the mile. Yeah, good point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. two two okay. twins classes. Okay, sounds good. Let's talk about some of the other stuff that goes on on race day. I know out in front for the people that only watch on fanschoice.tv and and haven't come to Springfield, which I think everybody needs to go to Springfield every year, but there's a ton of vendors out in front. So, and then you guys also do uh, raffles. I know I remember A Bait of Illinois usually does a raffle. Is is that just can you explain some of the other things that going on 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 Sunday up there at Springfield? Sure. Yeah, uh, Bait has a raffle that they've been doing it for years, and uh, they give the bike way at the at the fall race on the stage right before the main event. Uh, but they sell tickets all year, and that's for a great cause. And also, uh, the class of '79 is uh, raffling off an Indian. They'll be there uh, somewhere uh, raffling. And also, uh, the Rutledge Foundation is a youth foundation for 
uh, for children, and uh, they're raffling off a bike too. So all three will be on the underground somewhere. And there's usually several vendors out front too. Like I think I remember in the past, you know, Harley Davidson set up a semi, and and there's other stuff going on too. You know, t-shirts and stuff like that, right, Tamra? Right. There's um, going to be Harley Davidson will be set up there, and the event t-shirt trailer plus the AFT t-shirt trailer there's also on the south end of the grandstand is the vintage iron riders display where people can ride in a vintage bike and park there and that way all the old vintage street bikes are on display in one area and a lot of people like to walk around and look at those we have a band going on in the morning until one o'clock when opening ceremony starts so that'll be under the covered pavilion right in front of the grandstand. Then there's several other little booths to look at and things to, um, you know, jewelry and sunglasses and stickers and all kinds of um, little novelties that, you, um, that are set up as well. Right on. So do you have a, a different sponsor package for this, uh, for this particular race? Or do you have, I know a lot of the sponsors stick with you and they keep coming back year after year. Do you have sponsors you want to you say thanks to right now for this event? Right. Our title uh, presenting sponsor is Harley-Davidson, so we are very grateful to them. And they're kind of in our backyard because Milwaukee's only a few hours from here, and they've had a long-standing tradition with Springfield, so we definitely appreciate them. Memphis Shades has been with us since uh, the first year I was with the IMDA, so they've been here since 1999 as a, a sponsor every year, our longest consecutive sponsor so we really appreciate those guys. And um, Chick Fritz Distributing, the Miller beer, the official beer of the Springfield Mile. Yeah, you guys you guys always have some really good sponsors, and I know they, they stick around because they uh, they obviously are getting something from the event and helping the event out, which brings you know money to the city. So I think it's really cool. You know, you guys have those long-term relationships with those with those sponsors. Obviously, we're a week away from the event. Are there still tickets available for your for your event coming up? Uh, yes, sir. We have uh, still uh, good seats left. You can get them online at springfieldmile.org, or you can call our, our ticket number, and we can uh, handle tickets over the phone, and that's 217-632-0277, 632-0277. Also, for you, for you folks that are, you know, the fans that are coming, there's a, there's a race the night before. It's not one of your races, but it's a Steve Nace all-star race. And then the AFT singles will be running for grand national point standings that night too. Do you guys work in conjunction with Steve or you guys have a good relationship together? Or how does all that unfold? Yeah, we work very closely with Steve. In fact, all during the year, we sell the tickets for him through oh. our office. So if you want TT tickets, you call the same number and you get them through us. Okay, that's pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't realize that. That's really cool and, and good information to know. So for you fans coming in from anywhere across the country, again, there's a race Saturday night, and then uh, it's a TT, and then, of course, on Sunday, it's a legendary Springfield Mile. Uh, we come back again in the fall. Is there anything you want to tease for that fall event, anything we don't know about yet? Well, one thing we do want to mention is that will be the 100th running of the Springfield Mile. So we're wow. very excited about that, and it's a, a very significant race for us. And I know you're saying, but you didn't start until 1937, but there's been so many years where we've ran two races. And during the Hall of Fame race years, we ran three nationals three. a year. Yep. So that's how we've gotten up to this. This May is the 99th, and in the fall it will be the 100th running. 
That is amazing, Tom. I'm I'm uh, super excited for you guys. Also, in the fall, you get to you know people can ride their motorcycle on the Springfield Mile to ride the mile. You get a, a collector's pin, and that uh, that money from there goes to a charity as well. Yes, um, the A Beta of Illinois actually organizes that, and you pay ten dollars. You can go line up on the infield, and during opening ceremonies, you take the lap around the track, and like you said, you get the pin, and then all of the proceeds get donated to a charity. Last year, we it went to the March of Dimes. In previous years, it's gone to help the injured riders. So we let them pick the charity, and it's a good cause, and it's fun to do. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And, and whenever I was calling that, we do that right at the start of opening ceremonies. I saw a lot of riders out there on their pit bikes. I saw you know the riders taking their wives or girlfriends around the track, and it's just really cool to get their chance to go around that you know, that legendary racetrack. I think that's awesome that you guys still do that. Yeah, those uh, we really get some characters out there, and they seem to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. Going. Yeah, they, we had yeah, somebody pull over one time and do a marriage proposal right out there on the track. Nope. That was pretty unexpected. But no kid, I guess I must have missed that. I don't know if I must have run in my mouth instead of paying attention to what was going on. But uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of lot of good memories for me out there at the Springfield Mile. Is one of my favorite racetracks when I was racing, and then of course I got to uh, to uh, be the ordained minister and marry Jared and Nicole Meese together during opening ceremonies. And uh, you know some of the best races uh, happen there at the Springfield Mile. So it's uh, dear to my heart. And that's going to bring us to Graham's question. And, and she really didn't have much of a question for you guys. I think we've covered her question earlier in, in this uh, interview. But she just wants to say thanks to you two for putting on a smooth running program each and every time they're there. And they said that they love – Graham and Papa have been going there for years and years and years. And they said they love going back twice a year because just like going to a family reunion twice a year. Well, that's wonderful. And they have a special occasion coming up too during uh, one of the races this year, don't they? We're still working on that, so hopefully we can pull it off here at the at the May race next week, and I'll, I'll have to get back with you on that for sure. But uh, I, I cer- certainly hope so. They they'll be married 70 years June 1st, so we'll see what we can do about that. So uh, we'll just wow. tease that a little bit. That yeah, that's is a long definitely time. something to celebrate. And your grandmother's such a wonderful person. She always calls here early every year to get her tickets, and just a wonderful person to talk to. Yeah, thank you very much. She doesn't like you know she can get you know tickets or passes for me and she doesn't like doing that at all she she wants to support the people that are out there the promoters and, and she she buys a ticket for every race you know she just that's the way they are and, and she has to be there when that water truck starts going so uh, she's the first one there and probably <laughs> last one to leave but that's just graham so uh it's time for our rapid fire questions i think i'm gonna ask uh maybe both of you this first question dave uh what is your favorite motorcycle my favorite motorcycle, well, it's hard, uh, that's not hard, uh, XR750 Harley-Davidson, <laughs> got a real passion for it. So it's one that you have, or that's just your in-general question? Oh, as far as the, the model, as far as the bike I have, okay. oh, yep. that's hard, because I have so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> All I, of them, uh, right? I got enduro bikes and flat track bikes, and I still ride them in the street bikes. But for um, the street, I like a Buell, and for the woods, I ride a Gas Gas, and that's my favorite bike. Love and, it. Uh, yeah. A favorite bike for each occasion. I love that answer. That's a good one. Tamara, do you have a favorite motorcycle? Well, for me, I ride a, a Buell Lightning, so that's my only bike. So All right. All right. I, I have to say that's my favorite, but my favorite race bike would be the XR750. Absolutely. I'm right there with both of you on that. So, uh, uh, Dave, do you have a favorite Springfield Mile memory? Um, you know, I think it was when Springsteen, where we everyone thought he was uh, – 
was past his prime, and he come up and won the the main event just by a whisker one year. I can't remember the year, but that was one of my favorites. That was one of my favorite too. I think he was 43 years old when he won his 43rd national right there yeah. at Springfield. That's what it was. Yep. yep. I think that was either 2006 or 2007. I can't remember, but uh, that was a good one for sure. Tamra, do you have a favorite Springfield memory? I'll go with the same one. Okay. <laughs> They're all good. You know, it's hard to it's hard to pick one out because the, the racing is so close here, and I mean, it really keeps you on edge where some races you're like okay he's out in front it's over but this one you don't you don't ever get that do you guys actually get to watch the race at all i mean i know there's a lot of stuff going on but at some point do you get to stop for just a second and watch the race well actually during the day i'm pretty much in the ticket office and out front with the vendors all day but as i'm coming in and out i have fans choice tv playing on my desk so that i can hear it in the ticket office so I do Perfect. listen to you all day, and then Perfect. I always make it a point to get out there and watch the main event. That's awesome. Dave, do you get to see any of it? I know you're busy running around, too. Yeah, I, actually, I'm a little luckier. I get to see more. I'm usually helping down in the, the pits or on stage or on the track, so I'm usually uh, right there, and I, yeah, I'm pretty lucky I get to see most of them. Not right. as good a seat as the grandstand, though. That's the seat to have for seeing the whole Absolutely. track. Absolutely. I think I got the best seat in the house. It's right straight up from the finish line, just high enough where you can see the whole way around the racetrack. So sometimes all the way at the bottom is not the the best seat, but you're closer to the action. I get it. But so, Dave, excluding Springfield, what is your favorite national to go to? Oh, it might be Peoria. I always enjoyed Peoria and got a lot of history there with the family and and, uh, having raced there. I kind of like the Twins coming back, too, so that should uh, I like that excitement with the period, especially since they used to race Twins, and that's awesome. my favorite. That's a great answer. Tamra, excluding Springfield, do you have a favorite racetrack, uh, favorite national that you go to? I would probably say Lima and Peoria. I grew up going to those and um, DeCoin because Springfield wasn't running when I was young, so um, those are my favorites. Lima, Peoria, and of course there isn't a DeCoin now, so those are right. my top two. Okay. All right, this one's a tough one, and I, I'll, I'm going to leave this one open to whoever wants to answer it, but uh, some of the people always ask me, why don't we run the AFT singles on the Springfield Mile? Well, and I'm glad you asked, because we've had to explain this so many times, but it's because we care about these young riders and it's a safety issue, and people say, well, if it's such a good track, then why isn't it safer? And the answer is because it's such a good track, it's so perfect, that on those 450s, those bikes are so close in horsepower that on a good track, all 18 of them can run in one bunch. There's no separation. When they're on a bad track or a rough track, I won't call it bad, but when they're on a rough track, they get separated because of skill level. On our track, they're all in the same spot. If one bike breaks, they're all going down, and we don't want to see that kind of horrific accident. So it's because we care about them that we don't do it. That is a great answer. I know a lot of people they, a lot of people ask me that all the time, so I'm glad I got to ask you that on here on Off the Groove, and, and uh, I really appreciate the honesty, and that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Hopefully the fans will understand that. Uh, that's all the rapid-fire questions I have. Usually when we wrap up the show, I ask the writer if they want to thank anybody or their sponsors. I know we've mentioned a lot of your sponsors, but do you guys want to say thanks to anybody right now? 
Well, we want to thank all the fans for coming. Without the fans, these races couldn't happen. And, of course, we want to thank the racers for putting on the show. But, again, the fans, it's all down to them. And we have a lot of volunteers that come and help out and watch gates and park cars and do things like that for us. And, again, without them, you know, they're the unsung heroes because we couldn't do it without them, but then nobody ever knows their name. Well, that's awesome. I think you guys are the unsung heroes for, you know, sticking your neck out there and working year-round just to put on two great motorcycle races. So on behalf of the fans, I'd like to say thank you to for doing what you guys do. Well, thank you very much, Scotty. Thank you. Dave and Tom, I appreciate your time. I know you got uh, things to do. You're still sitting in the ticket office here this late on this, uh, this night as we get prepared for the legendary Springfield Mile Memorial Day and Labor Day weekend. Tickets are still on sale. Uh, get them while you can. Dave and Tomra, thank you so much, and we'll see you in about a week. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Scotty. I want to thank Dave and Tomra for their time, and I'll see you at the races.